Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you for your word and we pray that as we look now, that you would help us to see time and chance and what that means for our lives. Amen. Sarah sat on the beach, the tropical beach, and pondered the biggest decision of her life. She had just turned 18 and had qualified for medicine at university. If she did the studies, she could be a doctor and indeed in time perhaps a highly paid specialist. But another opportunity had presented itself. Sarah had been offered a tennis scholarship with an elite tennis school in the US. If she trained at the school, she could become a tennis superstar and make millions playing tennis. She sat on the tropical beach. She thought, what should I choose? Should she go for medicine or tennis? Which would she enjoy more? Which would pay better? And which should she choose? Decisions, decisions, decisions. Sarah never made that decision because, unbeknownst to her, as she sat on the tropical beach, a small parasite attached itself to her. And then started to reproduce on her skin. This left her with a tropical skin disease that took years to clear up. And she spent years in hospital being treated for it. So in the end, she neither went to the university to study medicine nor went to the tennis school. And years later, as she lay there in hospital, Sarah reflected on the decisions she hadn't made. And the ones she had. And she realised, ironically, that the most important one turned out to be the innocuous one of sitting on a beach in the tropics. And ordinary decisions, one that she regularly made and gave little thought to, but one that made the big decisions irrelevant. It was a little decision that turned Sarah into a victim a victim of time and chance. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. The teacher of Ecclesiastes continues his great quest for meaning and purpose in life by looking at the seasons of life. Life, he comes to conclude, is seasonal. And there is a season for everything. And by season, he's not talking about summer and winter, autumn and spring. He's saying every activity in life has its season, its special time, its appropriate time. He says sometimes it's the season to weep. And sometimes it's the season to laugh. Sometimes it's the season to be silent. And sometimes it's the season to speak. There is a time for every activity under the sun. It is a wonderful poem, isn't it? Proclaiming a great truth. 
And I'm sure someone's written a song about it at some point. But what's it all about? Well, the poem is there to highlight humanity's helplessness before the seasons of life. Or to put it another way, our lives are ruled by the seasons. We don't get to decide what we want to do and when. We have to do what the season says we do. If you look at verse 1 again, no one chooses their birthday. And very few choose the day they die. For most of us, at least, when it's our time to die, it's our time. And it doesn't matter what we do, the time decides our action. There is a time for every action. And this is important for us as wealthy Westerners to hear. For our wealth and our innovation tempts us to think of ourselves as masters of our own destinies. Free peoples. But this poem points out that we actually have very little choice in life. We have a life that is determined by the seasons. Those who are in farming know all about this. In farming, we all know that when it's sowing or harvest time, you have a short window of opportunity. And you have to get the crop in or get the crop off. You can't decide to take a holiday in the middle of sowing or in the middle of harvest. It's simply not possible. It has to be done and it has to be done now and you have very little choice. If you don't do what the seasons tell you as a farmer, you'll soon be an ex-farmer. It's the same if you're a student. If it's the exam season, you have to study at least the night before anyway. Otherwise, you'll be an ex-student. And it's the same for those who work. Come Monday morning, you have to go to work, whether you like it or not. And once you're there, you can't just do as you please. You actually have to work in the task you've been given. Otherwise, you'll soon be an ex-employee. And even when you retire and you think you're finally free in life, life soon starts being dominated by health issues. And you have to have that test or you have to have that procedure done. Otherwise, you'll soon be an ex... Let's not go there. The seasons of life rule our lives. We are prisoners of time. When it's the time for something, we do it. We don't get to choose. The reality is we aren't free men and free women. We're not in control. We're slaves to the seasons of life. We're captives of the circumstances we live through. We are victims of time. But, I hear you say... Even though we can't control the times in our lives, at least we can make sure we do it well, whatever that is. Whether it's war or peace, sowing or harvest, we can do it with all our energy and succeed. Well, can we? 
That's where our other passage later on in the book comes in. One verse, but it's big. Ecclesiastes 9.11 I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong. Nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favour to the learned. But time and chance happens to them all. You see, friends, we are also victims of chance. The teacher says, if you look at the world, you will often see that success for people is often a matter of seeming chance. It's often about being the bloke on watch when things go well as much as anything else. And it's the same for failure. Failure is often a result of seeming chance. There is often no rhyme or reason for why one person has success and the other person has failure. If you think back to Sarah and the lack of success in her life, despite all her intelligence and her athleticism and her work ethic, her life was ruined. It was hardly a wrong decision to sit on a beach. That's a normal everyday decision. Time and chance conspired to wreck her life. And friends, we know this to be true in our lives too. Farmers can sow their crops at the right time in the right way and then it doesn't rain and the crop fails. They can grow a, a, a bumper crop and harvest it too. And then the price tumbles below the cost of production and they still make a loss. Students can study or work hard and still success might elude them. And in the workplace, sometimes we see people with little or no merit being promoted to high positions just because they were there at the right time and the results made them look good. We can't control what we do, the times, and we can't control whether we're successful or not. Chance. And all this makes our efforts meaningless. Why? Because our efforts aren't what causes things to happen. Time and chance rule over all our actions. They decide on whether we have success or failure. So we can't boast in a success brought about by time and chance. That would be silly. If anything is ever achieved or gained under the sun, it's simply a product of time and chance. It's not because of brilliance or hard work or ingenuity. Time and chance mean our efforts are meaningless. We are all victims of time and chance. Because as the writer says, time and chance happens to them all. And that is the 
somewhat depressing point where the writer of Ecclesiastes leaves us on this subject of time and chance. He has accurately described the world he sees under the sun. But there is more to life than meets the eye. Come with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. Some of you may just know this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. What this passage tells us is that although to the naked eye it appears that our lives are ruled by time and chance, the Scriptures tell us more. And here we see that behind the seasons of life and all the fortune and misfortune that comes our way, God is working for the good of His people. Through all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. And what is that good that God is doing in us? Well, verse 29 tells us that God is conforming us to the likeness of His Son. That is, He's making us like Jesus in our character. Now that is good news. Let us return to Sarah. Sarah was uh, bedridden for a long time because of the parasite. And she had a lot of nurses come and help her. But there was one nurse that was different. She turned out to be a Christian. And through her witness, Sarah trusted Jesus and accepted him as Lord and Saviour. And so when Sarah died, she received a perfect new body that lasts forever. She received riches that do not pass away. And she received the great joy of being in the presence of God for eternity. Friends, what can we learn from our passage today in Ecclesiastes? Well, hopefully we've learnt a whole huge dose of humility. We are not in control. We are not the masters of our destinies. We are slaves to the seasons and chance determines our success. And to some extent, we are all victims of time and chance. So we should be humble and realise the powerlessness that we have in our lives. We cannot produce anything by ourselves that is not the product of time and chance. And so we cannot, by our own efforts, produce gain or meaning. That should teach us humility. That puts us in our place, doesn't it? Hmm. But we've also learned something else, not quite from Ecclesiastes, we've done a little bit of cheating today, but from Romans. For we've learned that whilst we might not be in control, 
it is comforting to know that someone is God. And he is working out all things for good. And so the promise of the scriptures provide us hope. So we haven't found meaning in Ecclesiastes yet. But there is much comfort from the rest of Scripture, isn't there? And the meaning of life in Ecclesiastes is there. And next week, we'll continue the search. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you for your grace to us in showing us the seasons of life and that time and chance happen to us all. Thank you for showing us the brutal reality that we are all victims of time and chance and that we are not in control. Help us to learn this again and again as we forget again and again. Help us to learn so that we might live in humility. And we thank you that, although it is not seen under the sun, we know that your invisible sovereign hand is working out all things for our good, even if we can't see it at the time. And we praise you for your grace towards us in this. And we ask that you would indeed conform us to the likeness of your Son, our Lord Jesus. Amen.